Mics on. Lights on. Turn me up. Snapcast. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. What'd you say? Relax yourself, let your conscience be free. You now roll with the dude named M.A.V. Relax yourself, let your conscience be free. You now roll with the dude named M.A.V. Relax yourself, let your conscience be free. You now roll with the dude named M.A.V. Relax yourself, let your conscience be free. You now roll with the dude named M.A.V. Relax yourself, uh huh, yeah. That's right. Welcome back to the Mavcast. My name is Charlie Maverick, and this is the second installment of Grilling 101. Happy to have you guys back, and I hope that you've listened to the first installment and purchased the right grill for you. Today's subject is the right tool for the job, and it is very important to have the right tools for whatever type cooks that you want to produce to make sure you have the highest quality in product. So today we're going to go through a list of my recommendations through my you know collection of getting things through the years, using things, experimenting with them, you know, saying, is this right for me? Is, you know, should I use this or not use this? Some things are mandatory and some things are nice to haves, depending on what you're trying to cook. So let's go into it and I'll let you know which ones are must haves and which ones are nice to haves. Okay, so let's go into it right now. The first thing that I think about when um, getting a really good product of a cook done is having a really good gauge of temperature. So I got two products that to me are must-haves, but you know, if you're just grilling burgers, hot dogs, and stuff like that, you don't need this. These are temperature probes. One is an ambient temperature probe, which actually takes the ambient temperature of the entire grilling area to let you know what temperature you're at at any given time of the cook. Now you have temperature gauges on grills, but they may not be accurate enough to give you a good representation of what's happening inside the grill. The other one is going to be a laser surface grill. Now. This is used in different capacities. I use this a lot to um, get the ambient temperature uh, on the grill, and I also try to find out where what surface is like hot spots because grills do have hot spots. Even though you might have the best insulated grill that you can possibly buy, there are going to be areas that are not as hot as others. So to gauge that area accurately to say do I need to turn my meat you know at certain times to make sure everything cooks evenly that is essential Um, the next thing that I would say is a temperature probe now if you're doing large cooks like a brisket pork butt some people use it with ribs I don't really do it with ribs Um, but you want a a temperature probe like a meat probe to go in and say hey did I 
finish this at the right temperature like if you're cooking chicken you want to make sure that you at least get it 165 uh, so it's safe to eat right you don't want people like to get sick or yourself to get sick you know you just don't want that or to find out where your your temperature is stalling at so if you do briskets or really large cuts of meat there is going to be a, a temperature that where it's going to stall at which means that it's not going to keep uh, going past that temperature for a long time and that is the point where you need to take the meat off and wrap it so you can get it tender and you know get all the those tissues broken down so that to me is an essential um, thing to have so the next thing that I would say on there is going to get uh, grilling gloves the grilling gloves to me is essential because you don't want to really burn your hands like you, you have oven mitts for the oven why not have grill gloves you don't want to do the mitts because it restricts the ability to grab things with I would say best thing to have is two pairs so you can use it to pick up hot things off of the grill like the grill grate or move around some coals if you really need to put your hand in it real quick and the other one to actually move meat around let's say taking that brisket off the grill and you don't want to use like some tongs which might tear it apart or mess up the exterior of the meat we had that nice looking rub on there and now you got to put it back on you want to kind of get up under the meat and handle it with care and then use those gloves to maneuver it around. I would say the next thing is going to be essential to make sure that your grill is clean before you cook. And I say this because you don't wanna be in those situations where people are looking at your grill and like you're just gonna have all that caked on barbecue sauce on there and you're gonna keep on grilling. No, you, so what you wanna do is you want to have the opportunity to bring your grill up to temperature, warm up the grate, spray it down a little bit with some oil, and then clean it off with a grill brush. All right, so grill brush to me is essential to have to make sure that you get all that caked up residue off your grill grate before you start cooking. Some people actually go through the process of like cleaning the grill grate like they would an oven, like with oven cleaner. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that, especially if you have a charcoal grill. I wouldn't do it. Just let the, you know, the whatever's on there burn off and then use a grill brush to just clean it off. It's just like that. I would find a longer life grill grate from doing it this way rather than you know really taking it off and cleaning it with soap and water especially if you have a cast iron grill grate you don't want to expose it to water any more than it you know has to be exposed to moisture in the environment because it's going to cause it to rust and then also with that you're going to get the ability to season uh, that grill grate which is cast iron just like a cast iron skillet right so you don't put you don't put your cast iron skillet in and soap and water and just let it sit it's going to rust out you want to keep that seasoned you want it clean so you want to burn off what's already on there and you just want to make sure the grill grates clean all right so the next thing on the list is a timer you can use your phone or you can use your smart device to keep track of how long has it been since you looked at 
your meat. Now, they say if you're looking, you ain't cooking. I would beg to differ on that because the elements are so um, uh, so up and down, especially with the weather, that you have different variables which may alter the time of your cook and, you know, the behavior of your cook. You may be in a situation where you thought you had everything down to a science and then the wind picked up and it caused your charcoal grill to get a lot hotter than you want it to be. Yeah, you want to make sure that you have a timer to accurately check and see if your meat is getting dry or not. You know, every 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, just to spritz your meat or see if it's at the color you want. So time is of the essence. <laughs> but with that said, I would not I would not hold a specific time to a doneness of meat. If you if you try to gauge doneness of meat um, off time, you're going to run into inconsistent finished products, maybe undercooked or overcooked meat. You don't want to do that, especially if you have a crowd over. The next thing is foil. Oh, foil. Aluminum foil is my best friend. <laughs> right. So if you're doing big cuts of meat, this is going to be a time during the cook where you need to take the meat off and wrap it in foil or butcher paper. I like foil better because it insulates heat better and it makes less of a mess. Um, I would not use foil for putting it straight on the grill grate and cooking chicken. I would say that's a do not do. Uh, if you were to season the chicken and lubricate the grill grate enough with oil or nonstick spray and then just let it let it release from the grill grate at the proper time and not have a lot of moisture on your meat when you put it on, that's a, that's a must have, um, then you should not run into the situation of your meat sticking to the grill grate, right? All right, so use your foil in the correct manner and that will be your best friend, especially with doing ribs and any other big cut of meat that takes a long time to cook. My best friend in the kitchen or the grill is going to be the cast iron skillet. The cast iron skillet is so versatile in what it can do in the kitchen or the grill that you're going to find this to be your best asset. So you can even use a griddle pan, which is cast iron, to do many different variations of cooks. Let's say if you want to do a stew or if you want to stir fry or if you want to just make breakfast out on the grill, you know, do anything you want. It gives you the ability to really use your grill as a stove, no matter if it is, you know, propane or if it's charcoal. I would say that is a nice to have, but man, when you start using it, it's going to be just be like a whole universe opens up for you. You're going to love it. All right. The next thing on here is going to be a charcoal chimney. And this is specifically for people that have uh, charcoal grills, of course. This by far is the easiest way to get your charcoal hot in a short amount of time without using lighter fluid. I would really discourage people from using lighter fluid unless uh, there's nothing else available. Um, and if you do use lighter fluid, just let those fumes burn off and you wait till your coals are white hot to give you the minimal amount of chemicals left 
from that fuel in there because you don't want that fuel taste all over your food. That's nasty. You, you ever you ever went to a cookout and you had the meat just taste like lighter fluid? Nah, nah, that's that's not good. But the chimney is awesome. You put some chimney in, uh, you put some charcoal in the chimney and then uh, you light it at the bottom, wait till it gets hot, it takes about 15 minutes, and then you dump it wherever you need to dump it at with the rest of the unlit coals and you should be really good to go at that point. It's clean and easy. Now you will need that those gloves to handle this charcoal chimney because it is hot and there's going to be some, um, you know, potential burns if you don't do this right so be really careful with it uh i would i would not i would not allow anybody to use your charcoal chimney that doesn't care about your backyard your grass your deck whatever your your (laughs) wherever your grill is at just be very cognizant of how you use this chimney because if you dump a hot coal on any surface it's going to start burning that surface all right Next thing is going to be a long stem lighter. Now you need this because let's say if you're using lighter fluid and you don't want to throw a match in it. Like who uses matches to these days unless you smoke a cigar. You you need this long stem lighter to light up your coals and it's much easier. It, it gives you a more professional look when you're actually lighting something on the grill. Um, will it Whether it be just the charcoal chimney or another method uh, with this with is going to run into the tumble uh, weed fire starters so this is my second best friend when it comes to light and grill let's say that you have a Kamado grill and you have charcoal already in the bottom you know you got some leftover charcoal you want to get this lit without minimal impact to what's already being done. So you want to shake off the ash and you want to get this thing started as soon as possible, right? So you put a couple of tumbleweeds in there in position to where you want, you know, the fire started. You take your long stem lighter and then you let it rip. You can also use these tumbleweed lighters at the bottom of a chimney to really get that, uh, that fire going if you don't have something like newspaper, you know? people if you have newspaper or really 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 thin uh wrapping of like the brown uh packaging paper that comes in amazon packages a lot i would use that but if you don't have anything like that then go ahead and use the tumbleweed fire stars they're cheap uh they're they're really easy to use and i mean it's non-toxic so it's all natural all right the next thing you're going to need is a spray bottle I would say this is a mandatory thing uh, because you don't want your meat to get dry, especially if you're cooking large um, sizes of meat. You want to have something to put moisture back into it. Let's say you have a mixture of uh, apple juice or uh, apple cider vinegar with some water or some pineapple juice. It depends on what you want to do. Or if you just want to have straight water on there to make sure your meat's not drying out. It's important not to have dry meat on the grill because people will hate you you're like okay i cooked this the right amount of time the right temperature blah blah blah. why is it all dry because you have to keep moisture in there it also helps the smoke or whatever type of um grill flavor come onto the meat 
better once it there is moisture. So smoke flavor does you know permeate meat better when there is moisture in the air or on the surface of the meat. And then if you have a rub on there, you want to make sure that that rub it stays on there. So while going through the cook, you spritz the meat. One to keep it you know not to be dry and others to make sure there's enough moisture on that rub so it eventually sticks to it like glue and you know you're ready to wrap your ribs or your pork butt or your brisket once you kind of run your fingernail over that meat and say oh the rub's not coming off just do it real gently oh the rub's not coming off and that is a is a it helps to get there by keeping your meat moist and you need a spray bottle to do that okay the next thing is a bucket now clean up clean up is a is a is a bastard right so you want to have the ability to quickly clean the ash out of your grill and start cooking now you need a place to collect the ash in the past i have used trash bags that's so messy i would never use that again but I have a Home Depot bucket or Lowe's bucket. Just have a bucket, you know, that you don't use for anything else and just collect the ash. And when the ash collects enough and you dump it into a trash bag and put it in the trash can so the trash man can take it away. Um, it's not going to it's not going to cause any harm to you if you put it into a safe place where kids or animals can't get to it, like a garage that, you know, is just have it there you can just there's no point in dumping ash into the trash can unless there's enough of it there so it's more efficient that way you're not really going to do anything with the ash but you know that's the best way to collect it now with that being said do not do not do not do not empty the ash while your grill is still hot because that will burn i say burn that bucket so right before you start grilling right before you start grilling this is the process that I go through. Before I start grilling, I check the ash catcher, and then if it's full, I dump it into the plastic uh, bucket. If you dump hot ash into a plastic bucket, it's going to burn. <laughs> Trust me on this. I haven't done it, but that's common sense. All right, now, wood chunks and, and wood chips. You can go either way on this. I say it's essential. Some would say it's a nice to have. If you want a good smoke product, charcoal is not gonna be enough. If you want to have a smoky flavor on your meat by using any type grill, gas or charcoal, uh, you don't wanna use liquid smoke, people. You just don't wanna do that. You wanna have some type of real actual uh, carcinogens coming off of uh, some lumber um, type material. So. You would use a wood chunk or chunks or wood chips. You can do this on a propane grill by having a smoke box and putting wood chips into that smoke box and letting it, you know, go onto the heat and it will, it basically burns the wood and you get wood smoke. Easy as that. Some people don't like wood smoke. So use this, know your audience, I would say. Know your audience and if you like really, really deep smoke, use less more you know whatever adjustment you need to make and you learn over time what type woods that you really like and my favorite is cherry wood right now because it doesn't have a lot of wood flavor but it gives it a nice mahogany color and a nice smoke ring when it's done 
So it's it's the less abrasive of the uh, wood type products. Now mesquite to me, mesquite and um, pecan are the most abrasive. So if you're starting out, I would kind of start with cherry or apple, some type of a citrus would would give you a nice balanced flavor, but not overpowering. If that makes sense. All right. You need really good tongs. This is a must have. You need really, really, really good tongs so you can maneuver your meat. You don't want some flimsy kitchen tongs. If you have a great kitchen tongs that are metal and not silicone, then great. But stay away from those grilling kits that, you know, really has like a, a nice looking um, tong on it, but you know, ergonomically it's terrible. I, I got a grilling kit a long time ago and there's there's one thing that I don't use out of that kit is the tongs that came with it because those darn tongs will cause you to drop everything that you try to pick up. It looks great. It has a nice wooden handle that extends to a good portion of the entire tong. You know, it, give, it gives you the impression that you're going to have um, a lot of control over um, how you're using it. But when it actually gets to the, you know, the, the tong part of it, <laughs> it doesn't grip anything or forcefully hold anything in place. So yeah, just be, just, just use out a few pair of tongs and it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be super cheap, but find the one that works best for your grip because that's important. The right tool has to work best for you, not for everybody else. So if it's your grill and you're using those tongs, make sure you use these tools that work best for you so you can acclimate yourself to, you know, how to use this and not frustrate yourself. Like if somebody gives me a pair of tongs, I'm like, what? The? And, and it's great for them and it's not ergonomically right for me. It frustrates me. And you want to you want to have a stress-free cook. A great cook is a stress-free cook. I would say that every time. With that said, honorable mention is have you some whiskey, you know, just to sip on or a couple of beers just to sip on to calm your nerves through in a cook. You know, it is the rite of passage. And this is actually when I um, I started to really cook with my dad is, you know, get a, get a nice beer or some alcohol and you sit out you know, while things are grilling and you have conversation or if, if you're by yourself, you you watch some sports while you're inside and waiting for that timer to go off and you're just sipping and you're calming yourself down. So that's an honorable mention. I would say that is a, that is a necessary tool to, for me. Just calm your nerves. You know, sometimes things get frustrating. You know, the wind picks up or it's not enough wind or you, the, the, the grill is acting weird and blah 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 and the meat's not really coming together like you thought it would in your head so just calm your nerves man just calm your nerves we're almost at the end here people so olive oil spray olive oil spray will be your best friend i think that's a essential um one to have because it allows you to uh make sure that nothing sticks to your grill i would put this on the must have every last day now you can use like 
Pam, like regular Pam, and Pam does make a grilling spray. But for me, if for me, every day, all day, get some olive oil spray. You can even use this as a binder uh, for your seasoning. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, oil does prevent the permutation of some smoke. So you might not have the the permutation of the smoke level that you thought you were going to get if you use oil, but it is going to give you a really good product all the time if you use it in the right capacity. So I just spray on, you know, some on the meat, season it, and then spray on another layer. Don't heavily spray it because once it gets on the grill, it might start to fry. Right. However, I would say if you're doing if you're trying to get crispy wings, olive oil spray is going to be your best friend because that's going to allow you to treat that grill like an air fryer. Yeah. Yeah. Really good wings are made on the grill if you use olive oil spray. Trust me with this, people. Trust me. All right. So broiler pan, this is. This is one of those um, tools that are so versatile. My wife and I were talking about this yesterday and the versatility of broiler pans are crazy. I have made the best chicken on the grill by using a broiler pan. So, you know, you get a broiler pan with every like oven that you get, right? But the things that you could do with it are awesome. So what I use it for on the grill is let's say I want to cook some chicken and I don't want to smoke it. You want to kind of have it uh, be really moist and simulate something from the parboiling method uh, where you parboil the chicken and then you put it on the grill to finish. But I don't like parboiling because that takes the flavor out of the chicken. You get chicken broth. Now, if you get if you boil your chicken, of course, flavor is going to come out of the chicken. So you're going to need to fix that. So what I do is put the chicken on the rack on the broiler broiler pan and then fill the bottom of the pan with water let it steam do it for about 30 minutes on the grill at 300 degrees and then take the foil off and take the entire rack off of the top with the chicken and then just put the chicken on the grill, you know, to finish up with color. It only takes a couple more minutes after that because it's already done inside and it is the juiciest chicken without the, you know, the, the really total grill type texture that you get off it. My wife loves it. So I do that and you can use it for many other things like just steaming, you know, steaming vegetables on there or, or just doing some type of seafood. You can, you can, uh, steam, uh, crab uh, uh, oysters on there using this broiler pan so let that be a tool that allows you to be uh, the most versatile as possible and the last thing the last thing on the list people we've come to the end of the list are skewers I would say skewers are a it's the middle of the road I don't know if you've ever had skewers um, made on the grill, but there's something about it that will change your life. I don't care if it's shrimp, beef, 
pork or straight up vegetables. I don't care what it is. Something about cooking on a skewer just makes people happy. It, it, it does a couple of things. It gives you the individual portion of, of what you want to serve to someone. It gives you total control over flipping and making sure each side gets done the way that you want. And it just looks great in presentation. It takes more work, of course, to get those slices of of things put on there. But man, the finished product is so worth it that I mean, I'm just telling you the prep time takes the most time. The grilling time, depending on how you're cooking it, is is maybe less than the prep time. But again, that's how things are with a lot of things. So just just don't worry about it. OK, now what I would say to you guys is that. Since you have the right tools, you have the ability to make anything that you like to serve to your guests or yourself. I did say that I was going to let you guys know what type of grill I have. I have two grills, both are charcoal, and one is a, a classic Weber kettle, 22-inch. It's a copper color. That is my go-to smoker of choice. I can do anything on that grill. As long as the meat fits, I can do anything. I, I tell you anything. That is the most versatile grill, I believe, out there. And it's a great grill for beginners. Uh, if you're really going to go in and try to learn how to manage temperatures, um, you know, indirect cooking, and just see how creative you can be, you can get away with just having this grill and you'll be fine. Uh, I use it mainly for smoking though because it, it does give the best indirect product that I can get without having a really large offset smoker. Uh, so what I do with it is um, replace the fuel, like add charcoal to it really easily because the grill grate does open. Uh, in the sections to where it lets you replenish the fuel without moving anything off of the grill. Uh, but I do love that. I do love that grill. That is that is my first grill um, that I that we bought when we bought the house, and I'm not getting rid of it. Now the other grill that I have is a Kamado grill. It is a Char Griller Acorn. I like this grill because of the insulation to it, and it's not as delicate as ceramic um it is steel uh so what it gives me is the ability to cook things at a really really hot temperature and is great for steaks burgers hot dogs and using uh using cast iron products on there so i, I mentioned cast iron skillet cast iron products griddle whatever you can get that Kamado grill so hot and put one of those things on there, or you can dial it down to just really work like an oven. I'm telling you, that thing is that thing is like my outside stove. And it is a it is my hot and fast grill. So I will do chicken legs, chicken wings, just chicken on there by using the broiler pan, putting that on there, and it just fits so you can close it. And then you get a really good product. Uh, hot dogs, hamburgers, steaks are awesome awesome on there but it can be used as a smoker i just don't use it as that because i don't have the ability to 
get to the charcoal or wood or replenish it like I want. So whatever I put in there, I just have to deal with. So if I undershoot the amount of charcoal I needed, uh, then I'm just, you know, I just got to deal with it, take the stuff off and hope for the best. Or um, the other thing is if I use way too much, I just have to find a reason to, you know, reuse that rest of the charcoal or some of it might be wasted. Kamado grills are really efficient with fuel management, um, but at the same time, you don't want to waste charcoal when you don't need to. And you're going to waste some charcoal here and there, of course, because you can't use it all on every cook or many cooks, but you want to minimize the, the leftover. So that is my full list of the right tools to have to do the job to get a great product with cooking with anything. Now, I'm going to think of another uh, topic to give you guys to really start going into um, how to use your grill. I believe the next topic is going to be around do's and don'ts with using your grill. Like what to do versus what you really shouldn't do. You know, no like hard nose, soft nose, little yeses, and you got to do this, right? So tips and tricks are going to be the next topic on Grilling 101. And it's gonna cover a wide range of things. So I think that might be the last installment uh, for Grilling 101 because this is just to cover the basics. Now, if you guys want me to cover specific things or have specific questions, please put it out there. But for right now, I think that once we go through the last installment, which tips and tricks, do's and don'ts, it's gonna cover a lot of information for you uh, so you can be on your way with you know making some awesome barbecue i thank you for joining me on this show and your support so if you'd like to follow me on twitter it is going to be at charlie maverick so follow me at charlie maverick we do have a facebook page for the mavcast and i want to thank uh, the new software that we're using from Spotify, which is Soundtrap. So this is the the new platform that we're, or the new studio that we're using to record the show. We're still on Anchor full times for distribution through all your podcast applications. So I, I just want to say this is going to be sponsored in part by, you know, both Anchor for distribution and for Soundtrap for the production. All right. So if you guys are out there wanting to do a podcast, please feel free to reach out and I'll give you some tips and tricks to get you on your way uh, as stress-free as possible because there's a lot of options out there. I have a lot of uh, groups that I'm a part of for podcasting and there's a lot of information and good good tips out there, a direction where you should go. And I think everyone should podcast. If you're doing it for money, if you're doing it just to tell a story for self-expression, um, you know, spoken word poetry, whatever you want to use it for. People use YouTube all the time for their self-expression, but you know, the old school style of it is radio and podcasting is in a sense radio. And there is some type of magical sense there when you're just riding in the car, listening to someone speak, or you're just sitting 
with your headphones or whatnot, and it's very relaxing. I go to sleep on podcasts all the time. I will always do podcasts. No matter if they change the name of it, we're going to do pods, baby. So, you know, just get out there. Thank you for listening to the show. Subscribe, send it to friends, and happy grilling, everyone. Don't be afraid to light that fire.